An essential lifeline for Illinois families is set to expire. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. During the pandemic, more than 40 million Americans have relied on additional aid from SNAP, the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, to pay for groceries. But at the end of this month, those emergency benefits expire. Here in Illinois, that means roughly 2 million low-income people will lose between $95 and $200 a month to spend on food. And during this time of high inflation on staples like milk, eggs, and cereal, many SNAP recipients are worried about the coming change, to say the least. Now, to get the details, we're speaking with Patricia Fernandez, Associate Manager of Public Benefit Outreach at the Greater Chicago Food Depository, and Kelly O'Connell, CEO of Nourishing Hope Pantry in Lakeview. Kelly, how big of a blow could this be to families? I mean, we're still seeing super high food prices. It's a pretty big deal, right? So folks are already struggling to buy groceries at the store with inflation. Uh, and we're seeing a big increase come into Nourishing Hope. And with the um, rollback of SNAP, we're anticipating continued increase in the coming weeks and months. Well, earlier this morning, we spoke with Larry Purnell, who's a SNAP recipient and also a volunteer at Marillac St. Vincent Pantry in East Garfield Park. Here's a little bit of what he had to say about the upcoming decrease in benefits. I didn't have enough to begin with, and now they taking that away. You know, they... Uh, I, and I'm starting to understand that the government is, is not intended for you to live. They're just intended for you to exist. So you'll be around to vote next time. He said the government is not intending for you to live. It's intending for you to exist so that you'll be around to vote next time. Are you hearing similar things from folks that you work with, Kelly? You know, it's tough. I think lots of folks rely on government assistance to put food on their table, and uh, among other things. And people are now having to make really tough choices already. And when we roll back the SNAP cuts, that's going to continue to happen, right? Sometimes they're trying to decide if they can pay heat or put food on their table or buy the medicine that their doctors prescribed or put food on their table. And that's going to continue. Patricia, give us a, a little backstory uh, of the emergency funding that was allocated at the start of the pandemic. How much was it and why was it authorized in the first place? Yeah, so at the beginning of the pandemic, right, through all the crises happening, um, this law went into place back in April of 2020, where these benefits were approved um, as an additional benefit the SNAP recipients were going to be receiving, aside from the regular uh, deposits that they were already receiving, um, to help weather, right, the pandemic and uh, avoid food insecurity that they were probably going to be facing. And why is it ending now? Oh, one of the reasons why it's ending now, it's a result uh, due to the federal policy changes that happened um, towards the end of last year. A bill that included uh, critical investments in child nutrition programs, um, what's it called? At the same time, um, it was um, initiated. Also, this um, emergency allotment was also um, removed from, from the bill. So how many people are you anticipating will be affected by the change? Um, something that you mentioned in the beginning, right, approximately 2 million um, SNAP recipients might be impacted by the change um, coming at the end of this month. So in March, it's where we're going to see the, the spike um, of need. Well, here's another question that I asked SNAP recipient uh, Larry Purnell this morning. How far into a given month would you say that 
those SNAP benefits last for you? Uh, is that a joke? Uh, no, it's a serious I, question. Once I go to the store one time, then it's over with. So how frequently would you say SNAP benefits aren't enough, Kelly, and people still have to go ahead and supplement it by coming to the pantry? Uh, pretty frequently they're not enough, right? The, already the monthly allotment doesn't cover, uh, especially in Chicago and Cook County, uh, enough for a family to buy food or individuals to buy food. And now we're anticipating their monthly allotment to decrease between $95 and $250. And so there's going to be a pretty big impact on household budgets when this happens. And let's not forget, you've seen people actually come to the pantry for the very first time when the pandemic started, right, Kelly? Yeah, we're, we saw a huge increase at the beginning, and not just Nourishing Hope, but across the system yeah. to the Greater Chicago Food Depositories Network. Lots of people had to turn to the pantry for the first time. And with inflation, we're seeing that that trend happen again. More and more people are having to turn to a place like Nourishing Hope or somewhere in their neighborhood uh, to make sure that they can put food on the table. And we're anticipating that to continue um, with inflation and now with the SNAP cuts mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and with those folks who just started on the program during the pandemic, the emergency amounts are really all they know, right? Right. It's the norm for them, right? And so now it's going to feel like it's a huge uh, decrease uh, when they start to come in. But that's why, honestly, we're trying to encourage everybody that receives SNAP now to go recertify. It's important to let folks know if you've had a decrease in income, an increase in household expenses, because that will adjust your, could potentially adjust your allocation as well. Patricia, you're a a benefits coordinator and you have a a benefits hotline. What kinds of things do you help people figure out? Correct. Through through our benefits um, outreach team here, we assist a lot of Cook County residents either apply, like you mentioned, for the first time with benefits or assist with questions that they might have. Um, Through these times, right, we are ensuring that our staff is fully prepared. We are going to be seeing a large number of calls come in through our call, uh, our hotline, um, but also our, our food pantries. So we are trying to make sure that everybody is aware of the impact that's happening um, and the rush that might be coming starting in March. So just providing the support for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say that folks can calculate how much their benefit amount will be moving forward? It really varies case by case. Um, so with our coordinators that we have uh, with our hotline, um, people could call us and we could go case by case. It could be whether uh, income maybe went down, right, and um, expenses went up. That might be a way to um, see if there might be eligible for additional um, or a higher benefit amount. Um, so, again, it's just case by case. Mm-hmm. So, if- mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to be clear about something, too, Patricia. You, you told one of our producers' phones, they aren't ringing off the hook just yet, right? So do you think that maybe many people aren't aware yet that the additional benefits will expire soon? Yeah, that's that's what we are thinking, that many individuals are not aware. So we're leveraging a lot of the partners that we have, our network of 700 partners, um, to help us spread the word, right? Um, many people, this might be a surprise to them. Um, so, again, we're just trying to spread the word as much as we can with the connections that we have and also working closely um, with the Department of Human Services to reach our SNAP recipients and letting them know of the changes coming. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. 
SNAP benefits, the aid that the federal government provides for families to buy food, they're decreasing at the end of the month. Those additional emergency benefits were offered to tens of millions of Americans during the pandemic. So we're discussing what the change will mean for recipients and for food pantries and more with Patricia Fernandez, who's associate manager of public benefit outreach at the Greater Chicago Food Depository, and also Kelly O'Connell, who is CEO of Nourishing Hope Pantry. So, Kelly, inflation, as we talked about, as well as the thousands of new asylum seekers who are here in, in Chicago, they pushed more people to your doors, right? So how much of an increase have you seen in the past six months to a year? Talk to us about that. Yeah, uh, you know, just this year, especially around the holidays, we started to see another increase with inflation and holidays. And we've seen about a 35% increase compared to last year. And a lot of those are more families. We're seeing, you know, a huge increase in families with children and uh, new folks to Chicago who are trying to navigate uh, life in a new city. What kind of strain does this put on the pantry? Well, just like many household budgets, inflation is impacting us too. And it's a time when service levels are increasing and our costs to operate are also increasing. And so we definitely are feeling uh, a bit of a pinch in terms of keeping operations going, which we are, but then also, con- you know, continuing to meet demand. So if anyone's in a position to help, we, you know, welcome, welcome that either from a investment of your uh, dollars or investment of your time at, come volunteer with us to help meet the increased need. Yeah. As you talk about preparation, I mean, what kind of conversations are you and your team having right now about trying to prepare to meet that higher demand? Yeah. You know, we are focused on making sure we have the pipeline of food. We have a great partner in the Chicago, Greater Chicago Food Depository where we get about half of our food from, but we're also sourcing it from other um, uh, other sources as well, like retailers and wholesalers and uh community food drives that people do. And so we're trying to make sure that we have the inventory ready to meet the need and also recruiting more volunteers so that when people do come uh, and the lines are longer, that we can continue to serve uh, in a, you know, efficient and quick manner. Patricia, what other alternative programs do people have to apply for uh, when it comes to financial assistance? Yeah, there's uh, multiple different programs in the state of Illinois. Um, of course, we've been talking about SNAP, um, but also Medicaid. But then there's also other programs such as WIC. Um, a lot of people are under the impression that that uh, program is only for uh, children or infants, correct? But that's for children five and under. Um, there's other other services or resources as well, such as light heat that will help pay for lighting gas. But of course, everything has different requirements. Mm-hmm. So when people call our hotline, we will be able to connect one-on-one with individuals to see uh, which programs they might be potentially eligible for. And all that information, of course, <clears throat> could be found at our website. What does the application process actually look like, though, Patricia? And, and what documents yeah. do people need? Yeah, so the application is an 18-page application. It's just a lot of paperwork, wow. right, that an individual has to uh, fill out. Um, but throughout that process, it's just gathering, um, you know, personal information and then just looking at who is in the household uh, to determine the size of the SNAP household to see um, what um, how, ma- how much benefits are going to be eligible for. Of course, there's some documentation that needs to be submitted, such as income, um, approve residency, um, among other things. So through our hotline, we're able to assist and walk everybody through it. Um, the process does take 
30 days. Um, so once we help complete the application, it's sent to the uh, Department of Human Services, and they're the ones that process it. Mm-hmm. How does the Greater Chicago Food Depository get out into the communities? Yeah, there's different ways that we go uh, go about going out to the communities, either, um, like Kelly mentioned, right, through our partners that we have out in uh, Cook County. Mm-hmm. But we also do have our team going out into the field and providing services on the ground, um, either by answering questions um, or helping individuals apply for the first time or helping them get those documents that you initially mentioned, because it could be hard for individuals who might have um, mobility limitations, right? Right. And so, Kelly, that being said, I mean, we're closing in, as I said, on the last two weeks of of these additional benefits. What are you keeping your eye on for February 28th and beyond? Yeah, you know, we're making sure two folks that are visiting us can get connected either to one of our case managers or somewhere else so that they can uh, recertify and prepare themselves. And then for us, again, we're just trying to make sure that we have the resources to meet the increased need. Uh, Organizations like Nourishing Hope can't do this alone. We need to rely on the federal safety net, uh, and many clients need to rely on the federal safety net to help support. Um, and so we're going to continue to do what we can to make sure people have the food they need to stay nourished. That was Kelly O'Connell, CEO of Nourishing Hope, and Patricia Fernandez, who's Associate Manager of Public Benefit Outreach. Thank you both. We just talked about the particulars of what will happen when SNAP benefits decrease to pre-pandemic levels at the end of this month. Now let's hear from Christina, an infant daycare teacher, SNAP recipient, and caregiver to her brother Brandon, who has cognitive disabilities and is also a SNAP recipient. Christina, over the last year, we have seen prices for basic food items like eggs really go through the roof. How has that inflation affected what you and your family can buy at the store? So as of right now, um, it really doesn't affect us because they haven't made the reduction in stamps yet. But um, when they do make that reduction, we're going to probably have to start using cash to make some of those um, purchases because milk has gone up, eggs have gone up. Not to mention if we, if we are spending cash for, you know, food and meals, that would cut into other finances that need to be taken care of. Yeah. So, yeah, cutting into other finances, you know, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, as, as, as exactly. we always say. So you're you're making hard choices as you walk down the aisles and try to do your shopping. Yeah. During the pandemic, the, the monthly allotment for, from SNAP, it increased, right? But then, of course, as we talked about, the prices started to increase, too. So how much money were you receiving before the pandemic and how much do you receive now? Um, before the pandemic... Um, I was getting, well, um, it depends because I was getting uh, 400 at one point, and then mine totally uh, jumped up to six, and then they reduced it once I redetermined, okay. and it's down to like 200 or something now. So it went from four up to 600. Now it's and back now it's down, down to two something. Yeah. And so at the end of this month, it will drop again? Um, well, they at the end of the month, I will go back to um, a little under two or something similar to that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because with the additional allotment they would give me, that would make me half six. Right. So, and once they cut that, I'll be back at two or a little less than two. And that's a that's a big difference, Christina, going from 
just 200 to getting, you know, 600. So what was having this money to spend on food like in the past several years? Um, in the beginning, I was able to uh, get a lot of a lot of the things that we needed and some things that we really didn't need, but just to have that option for my children to have, for my brother to have, um, it just made, it made a big difference. Um, yeah, let's, we didn't let's... have to worry as much. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned your brother. Let's let's talk about him. You're talking about Brandon, who's your older brother, and he's got cognitive uh, disabilities, and you're his caregiver caregiver at the time. Yeah. So uh, how have the emergency benefits allowed you to meet Brandon's dietary needs? Um, because some of the things that we prepare, Brandon doesn't care for. So with Brandon's um, allotment of stamps, he is you know, able to go and get some of the things that he does want or that he does prefer. So just maybe like a little snack from time to time. So it gives him that independent freedom of getting and being able to obtain the things that he wants as opposed to just being stuck with what's provided. Mm. Yeah, he has particular tastes, right? And so now you you won't always be able to get the things that he he wants. Yes, definitely. So the the SNAP benefits are are going back to pre-pandemic levels. Talk more about how that's going to affect the rest of your budget. Once you lose that additional, say, 400 that you had been getting, how do you juggle things now? um, You know, honestly, it'll go back to being frugal. Try to buy a little more in bulk. But then when you buy in bulk, sometimes you have to risk the chances of it expiring before you're able to use it. Um, So I would more than likely have to end up spending some some cash for food and other items that we will need throughout the month. And you're paying your your daughter's tuition, I hear? Yes, my daughter is um, actually graduating this year, and she is enrolling into a high school that has a tuition program. Mm. So um, I'm filling out for every financial aid or loan that I can get, but with loans, you know, you have to pay those back. So there's finance coming out, tuition is coming out. So it is definitely going to be a hurdle. Will come over. Are you trying to to save too? Yes, I am. That's like the I've been saving, but with so many different things jumping, gas is gas prices rising. I mean, you pinch a little bit here, pinch a little bit there, and then your savings is almost gone. So this decision that we're talking about it was made on the federal level, Christina. So, yeah. what do you want elected officials to know about how this is affecting you and and so many other people? I need them to know that it's definitely real out here and it's hard. And I don't think that they see it because it doesn't really affect them. It affects that working class because I work every day and we're just barely making it. They just need to know that, take us into consideration, be a little more lenient with the ones that are working, that can barely get get by the rest of made. And now we have to, you know, put the deal for other things, other things. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. That was Christina, who's an infant daycare teacher and a SNAP recipient. Her last name, we are not including at her request. We appreciate your time, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry again for my baby. (laughs) No apology necessary. Take care. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather, Dan Tucker, and Meha Ahmed. If you love Reset and are looking for a way to support the work that we do, share this podcast with your friends and your family. Personal recommendation is still the best way for new listeners to find our show. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon. <laughs>